And PPI just came across the board here, and after the number on Friday, I think there was a fair amount of attention directed towards this one. We don't always equate the producer side of things to the consumer side or that trickle-down, uh, direct trickle-down, I should say. But uh, ultimately, well, let's get Scott Bauer's thoughts on it. He's the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. He's with us this morning to help us take a look at the numbers. Scott, good morning to you. Everybody's a bit on edge after the good morning, after the data on Friday. Uh, PPI, again, the producer side of things, though, maybe easing some of those concerns a little bit, coming in a bit below expectations, and it looks like for the most part here, uh, in line to lower than prior levels. Yeah, it, it is easing, though. I think that number that we saw Friday was was so hot um, that that still is you know taking precedence over this number, and and I think that been the perception also of seeing a number that just came out is now met with a little bit of skepticism because you know we we all thought or you know we we were kind of led to believe that that inflation was topping out last month with the CPI number we didn't see that so now we see this one number here that is you know in line maybe it's you know just slightly lower than expected i think it's going to be met with some skepticism actually Scott, talk to me because uh, the indices is hanging in there right now. Here you can see the numbers. PPI month over month coming at 0.8. They were estimating, uh, again, that uh, prior at 0.4. Now, that's a, uh, a month over month actually got revised to 0.2, it looks like. And as I look at the core here, I'm sorry, 0.4 for the PPI core was 0.2. There you can see that revision. Core PPI coming in below expectations at 0.5. Scott, the indice is trying to recover after a, uh, a vicious start to the week here. Really, continuation of this end of the week we saw Thursday and Friday. Again, Ben, I, I think that this number here, I mean, we'd like to see green, especially after what we've seen. I would be really cautious about this. I think going into tomorrow, we're going to see some continued selling. I, I think if you know people are still in positions, they want to position themselves kind of on the short side going into what Powell says tomorrow because obviously all eyes there. And whether they raise 50 or 75, to me, it's going to set off. Uh, it, it's two negatives to me. And I can I can go into it why, but I think I think they're really just set up for for a negative situation. Even with the lean right now, more towards a, a 75, it seems like almost a 50 could be a positive uh, vibe at this point. Yeah, the way I'm looking at it, Ben, and, and you know, I am not a pessimist, you know, by nature. The way I'm looking at it is, if they go 50, it means at least, you know, what I think that the market may may look at it as is that they're not aggressive enough. He's they're not reacting, and if they go 75, which you know, people want now, the market may look at it as, oh, the Fed is kind of giving up. The Fed is giving into the market, so. I just think that regardless of what that move is tomorrow, it's not going to be a good outcome. Scott, they've definitely. I hope I'm wrong. I know, and I understand that, that you're not, um, you know, a Debbie Downer, and you're not rooting this on by any means. We know that uh, you've been very clear about that uh, over the years, Scott. But let's talk a little bit about how, again, in terms of, um, I mean, the, the difficult situation that the Fed is in. We were talking earlier in the show about uh, the credibility, ultimately, in terms of some of the forward guidance they've given and possibly the market here dictating things more so at this point and then kind of uh, cowtailing, too. But you can understand why. I mean, you've got a situation where uh, crude oil prices remain stubbornly elevated. I mean, the yeah. Fed's really in a rock and a hard place when you look at crude levels at 122, the price of gasoline at new record levels to begin the week up at through $5. I mean, we're talking 
almost $2 above where we were just this time last year. So you can understand uh, why they're kind of feeling like they're in this pressure cooker. They, they absolutely are. And, and at this point, I don't think there's a good out for them, at least short run. Long run, you know, three months, six months from now, Ben, um, if, the, if we can start to, to ease a little bit here, we can start to get some normalization in the markets. And most importantly, if the psychology of the market and, and people in the market can accept rates, you know, another 2% higher from here down the road, that's a good thing. For right now, I, I you know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, everybody keeps talking about peak inflation here. Kind of, uh, you know, it made me think this morning a little bit about how uh, in years past we've been kind of trying to achieve a goal of 2%. Now we're sort of trying to achieve a goal maybe more like a 3.5% as hopefully yeah. we do come off that peak inflation. You know, speaking of the uh, uh, Fed being kind of in a pressure cooker between a rock and a hard place, You've got the president, which is going to go to the Saudis now and not necessarily ask for uh, increased crude production, but I'm hearing that that's going to be a topic of conversation. And it has to be. I mean, you know, I know we, we don't want or we don't want to depend on anybody else. We want our own energy independence. We're, we're in a crucial time right now. So I, I don't think he's going to go and say, please, please, please increase. But I think strategically, that's why he's going right now from what everything I've read to kind of just calm tensions mm -hmm. to to get dialogue started mm -hmm. again with the hope that, you know, at least in the short run, Saudi will say, OK, we see how, thing, you know, how bad things are. We're, we're going to increase production a little bit. After some of the uh, contentious uh, uh, back and forth as years past year, um, yeah. sounds like they're trying to do a bit of a reset, as I heard it kind of worded as. Talk to us a little bit here quickly about how, again, even if the Saudis were to uh, agree to increase production, basically what I've been hearing is they don't have the spare capacity to do so at this point. We're kind of leaning on other uh, countries, Venezuela and other countries, as potentially making up some of that loss in terms of Russian oil. But it's not just oil products. When you're feeding into this inflation narrative, Scott, you're talking about natural gas. You're talking about, as I mentioned, yep. price at the pump. I mean, across the board, so there's no real one uh, you know, quick solution here, it seems like. There's definitely no quick solution, but I think you have to start with maybe the one that captures, garners the most attention that maybe can feed down to some of the other uh, commodities that are out there. And maybe if there's a breakthrough on the oil side, maybe that starts to break through to some of the other commodities as well. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I am trying to be optimistic about that meeting, but again, it's not going to be a quick fix. Scott, earlier in the show, we were talking a little bit about the VIX here, not necessarily participating to the upside to the same extent that you'd think it would, considering the selling we'd seen in the indices. I'm looking at gold and kind of same, thinking the same thing. Boy, gold is broken. Gold is broken. I mean, I, I know, you know, with what we saw with rates going higher now, stronger dollar gold is not supposed to rally. But if there's ever been a time, Ben, you know, over the last 20 years, with the exception of, you know, maybe at the, at the start of COVID, when nobody knew what was going to happen, if gold was going to be that safe haven, we've been saying this. I think that this is the time that it sure would have been. And it looked like it kind of wanted to break out at the end of last week. And then, you know, with, with the big you know rate hikes, the, the change in the landscape, if you will, over the weekend, it's just gotten beaten down again. How about the U.S. dollar, Scott? Uh, one thing I've been keeping an eye on in terms of this relationship here is it does seem like the dollar's had a little bit of a tie to gold. 
Speaking mm -hmm. of the beatdown, it came off quite rapidly as the dollar ran up to that 105 level. It seems to have kept a lid on things, and also rates for that matter, one could argue, as they spike, they seem to kind of keep a lid on things. Like even this morning, the dollar's lower here right now. Again, nothing major, fractionally down by about two tenths of a percent, but I'm looking at uh, gold also also lower here, down by about it's a half also a percent. Lower. Yeah. Right, right, which, which is why I kind of said I think the, the gold correlation is a broken. little bit broken yeah. right now. I, I you know, why why aren't we why aren't we at those record levels again right now with all of the panic all of the strife all of the the data coming out that points to where we are in the economy you would think that at least for me gold would be a lot higher and it's just broken down scott lastly i wanted to get your thoughts on we were actually just charting beans a second ago but wheat and corn focal points here feed into that uh inflation discussion the narrative they tie directly to well more so wheat probably but tie directly back to the ukraine uh you know uh, impact that that's had on the commodities the supply chain inflationary pressures sentiment in general i guess when you think about uh, russia's war on ukraine the prolonged aspect of uh, what are you watching here in terms of corn and wheat relative to, again, beans trying to break out and failing the attempts to do so? I, I think they are going to break out. I, I think beans may may have wind up having a run, but corn and wheat, I think, is so critical. And I do think we're going to see a breakout. I just read a report, it was I don't know, about 45 minutes ago, saying that it looks as if the wheat harvest in Ukraine, there may be three harvests that are disrupted because of the war. So. You know, again, I, you hate to say a reason why these things are going to rally or maybe break out because they're negative reasons, if you will. Um, I, I think there's going to be a big breakout to the upside. Scott, and ultimately, there's a lot of talk about food shortages. And I mean, uh, uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, again, sort of feeds into the discussions we we're having as far as the Fed being in a difficult spot here um, lastly, any other commodities, any products that we didn't cover here in terms of uh, uh, metals, grains, uh, potentially some of the softs you have your eye on that we uh, maybe overlooked? Well, I mean, we, we haven't overlooked lumber recently. We didn't talk about it today. And, it, you know, you talk about a chart that, that is you know, maybe a little bit schizophrenic. Um, look at what this has done compared to where it was 12, 18 months ago, even on the rally back earlier this year. And now it's at lows, what, 20 year lows, um, just based on the housing outlook. Uh, that's that's one that baffles me um, in terms of the velocity of the move. We don't typically see that, um, especially to the downside. We typically see with, with some commodities, especially the grains, there's always some volatility on the upside. But this in lumber, the, this one is uh, is not a head scratcher, but boy, it's really one to watch. You know, that makes me think a little bit, Scott, if we could just get your thoughts before I let you go on uh, copper, because again, with some of the housing data due out yep. this week, copper hanging in there pretty well compared it to is. lumber. And, you know, with some of the uncertainties rates on the rise here, and in theory, the headwinds of the impact that could have on the market. No, it is. And that's kind of why I didn't bring that one up, but it, it really is hanging in there. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that depends on the reopening in China and it is surprising to me, though, that it has not taken more of a dip with, with the slowdown that we are seeing across the board, including in the housing sector. So copper is definitely one to watch that you said is hanging in there. Maybe we get a pop to the upside, though.
All right. Well, I guess in some ways that's a good thing when uh, you it consider is. it's oftentimes called the canary in the coal mine. So yep. uh, at this point, uh, still singing, I guess, is one way to look at it. <laughs> Scott, appreciate you joining us here and uh, helping us take a look at the PPI number market reaction to and sharing your thoughts across the board here in terms of what's playing out as far as a busy week. Scott Bowers, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy.